Well, I feel victory in the house. If you feel that, I want you to clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. If you don't feel it, why don't you clap in faith anyway? Why don't you do it just to tick the devil off? <laughs> I believe the Lord's getting ready to confirm his word tonight. I said, I believe the Lord's getting ready to confirm his word tonight. I didn't, I didn't just come to preach and wear a suit. I came for the Lord to confirm his word tonight. And what a rich, tangible confirmation of his presence that is already here tonight. I want to take your attention to the book of Judges, chapter 7. The book of Judges, chapter 7, verse 9. I'm going to do my best to share what I feel in the spirit. And I'm so grateful for what the Lord did this morning in here and in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I don't know the timeline of services, but I thought we might need to pray for Bishop and the church in Dayton, Ohio. And then I just realized I think Bishop was going to be okay. I know many people here were praying for him. So I celebrate um, what God did there. And I'm so grateful that he's here tonight. I told him I wouldn't be offended if he wasn't here today. Um, but it made my spirit smile that he got to slip in tonight. And I would much prefer to be with him. And I salute this family. I said this morning um, that I got to meet Matt and Kristen, uh, I believe in 2016. And then later was introduced to Colton and Madison and Brother and Sister Nichols. And of course, uh, Brother Brian and his wife. And I admired them from afar and then uh, got to be in Matt and Kristen's wedding, got to be around them more, see them at conferences. And as I said this morning, uh, James did get here before me, but I made it. And I'm grateful and I'm honored to be here. And there's just such an expectancy in my spirit for what the Lord is going to do. And so I don't have a strong voice tonight, um, but the power is not in my voice. The power is in the word. And I'm going to share the word of the Lord. And he's going to confirm it tonight. I believe the angels of the Lord are going to minister to the ears of salvation tonight. I believe tonight there's going to be a signal sent to the spirit world. I came to preach to you, but I came to preach to the spirit world on your behalf tonight. And I pray you would agree with me. Judges 7 and 9. Judges 7 and 9. If you're there, say amen. If you're cheating and looking on the screen, say amen. No shame. Judges 7 and 9. And it came to pass that same night that the Lord said unto Gideon, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it unto your hand. But if you fear to go down, go with Fira. I won't let you use the buddy system. And I want you to hear what they say. And afterward, your hand shall be strengthened to go down to the host. So Gideon went down with Fira, his buddy. They went into the armed men of the camp. The Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for the multitude. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow. And he said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. I wish I could preach this like I feel it tonight. 
I dreamed a dream. And lo, a piece of barley bread tumbled into the host. It came to our tent. Then it smote our tent. It overturned our tent that it lay alone. And his fellow said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand has God delivered Midian and all the host. By the help of God's spirit, I want to preach to you tonight on this simple subject. The sword of the Lord and of greater faith. The sword of the Lord and of greater faith. In case you forgot, greater faith is you. If you have faith, your church has faith. If you're praying, your church is praying. If you're not believing, your church is not believing. If you're not praying, your church is not praying. Because you are the church. Would you put down your Bible, put down your phone? Would you lift up your hands one more time? God, I thank you so humbly that you've allowed me to have this opportunity. Let my mouth be your megaphone. I oppose everything human or hellish that would contradict your word. Let the best gifts be in operation. Let there be a liberty in the spirit, not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. I pray that your word would echo in this house. I pray that your word would reverberate throughout every spirit. I pray that every demonic force that had been sent to distract and destroy would be cursed. I pray the plans of the enemy would be scattered and confused. And just as the tent of the enemy was overturned, I believe every hellish stronghold is in for a rude awakening on a Sunday night in New Albany. I speak it in the name of Jesus. This is where you agree with me. I speak it in the name of Jesus. I speak it in the name of Jesus. Let it be so. Let it be done. And if you believe that, I want you to clap your hands as loud as you have all night. I beg you just to do it for 10 more seconds, just a little louder, just a little longer. Come on, I want hell to know we mean business tonight. I want hell to know there's a mom, there's a daddy, there's a teenager, and they're not playing games. This war tonight. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and tell them the sword of the Lord and of you. Turn to your other neighbor and tell them the sword of the Lord and of greater faith. That's you. You may be seated. Now, when I went to college, they said that you need an intro, a body, and a conclusion. Well, sometimes I'm just a little too ADD for all that. So if you're going to allow me, I'm just going to go ahead and preach tonight, all right? The Bible lets us know that the children of Israel were doing evil in the sight of the Lord. It's one thing for the world to be dabbling in decadent darkness. It's another thing for the children of the Lord to be dabbling in darkness. You can scroll on social media and you can begin to see the double standards and the hypocrisy. You can see firsthand those that are professing the Lord with their lips on Sunday but denying Him with their life on 
Tuesday. They're professing of his goodness with their lips on Wednesday and Sunday. But they are denying him on Friday and Saturday. And so it is that Gideon finds himself in a setting of contradiction. He should be a part of an army that is victorious. But the Bible tells us that the people of God are hiding and cowering in caves. And they are watching the adversary come in and plunder their harvest and burn up every bit of wheat and growth and productiveness and fruitfulness. And every time there is a harvest, the adversary comes in and everything positive is turned into smoke and ash. This is the setting in which Gideon is in. It does not matter what is planted. It does not matter what is sown. It does not matter what is facilitated and cultivated. The adversary comes in and he sweeps in and he burglarizes and he burns up every bit of harvest. And so it is that we are living in the last days. And the Bible says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some. But we are to exhort and we are to encourage and we are to provoke one another all the more as we see the approach of our Lord Jesus Christ return. Can I just go ahead and tell you tonight, there's always going to be those that join the ranks of some. But some is not the sum total. For there will always be another group that enlists in the army of all the more. While some are decaying and some are getting cold and carnal, there is a group of apostolic men and women that are not backing up. They are not trembling. They are not retreating. But they are enlisting for an army that is not settling. They are enlisting in an army that is desiring to do all the more. I got to tell you tonight, Heaven is not attracted by those that are settling to follow the manner of some. Heaven is attracted to those that are enlisting in the army of all the more. How do I know this? The Bible says that Gideon was threshing wheat by a wine press. And an angel came and sat and watched him. I want you to go there with me on the screen if possible. Judges 6 and 11. Judges 6 and 11. And there came the angel of the Lord and sat under the tree. I want you to understand something. When heaven was attracted to Gideon, what was Gideon doing? Gideon was threshing wheat by a wine press. The enemy had burned up all the wheat. The enemy had burned up all the harvest. But the enemy didn't get everything. Gideon represented something that hell wanted but hell did not get. I need to remind some of you the reason hell hates your guts is you represent a Bible study. He did not burn up. You represent a shout. He did not burn up. You represent a prayer life. He did 
Everybody else was burning up. Everybody else was turning into ashes. But tonight, there is a group of men and women that have not turned into ashes. You haven't, you haven't died. You haven't given up. Oh, I got to stay here for just a moment. Gideon was watering when nobody thought he was watering. Gideon was sowing when nobody else thought he was sowing. Gideon was cultivating when nobody, I came to tell you tonight, you've not been hidden, you've been protected. I said you've not been hidden, you've been protected. You've been protected. Facebook is not going to catch everything that God is doing. Instagram is not going to catch everything as God is the views are not going to be catching everything God is doing because there is a Gideon that's been hidden because you have a harvest, you have a ministry, you have a gifting that hell's trying to burn up, but you got something hell didn't give. Watch. The Bible says that Gideon is threshing wheat by a wine press. You, you, you do realize that you are hell's harvest. Jesus told Peter, Satan has desire to sift you as wheat. You and I are hell's harvest. It's more than social media and it's more than distractions and it's, it's, more, it's more than just life that's seemingly messing you up and getting you out of alignment. No, hell is trying to evangelize your mind. Hell is trying to convert you from passion to lethargy. But tonight, while bloody and weary... You represent a harvest that hell didn't get. You represent a mama hell didn't get. You represent... I had suicidal thinking, but it didn't get me. I had depression, but it didn't get me. I faced some junk this year, but it didn't get me. I am hell's harvest, but hell did not reap my home. Hell did not reap my babies. Hell because the Lord prayed for me. Hell, hell said, I want, I want somebody else. One translation says Judas was not enough. Hell is never satisfied. Hell always wants another one. Hell always wants more. And the Lord said, Peter, hell has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. I'm on hell's hit list, but I'm also on heaven's prayer list. And there is no junior devil, there is no senior devil, there is no veteran devil, there is no demon that can thwart an apostolic prayer meeting. If the Lord has spoken over you, it does not matter. I wish somebody would shout as if you knew heaven was watching you, heaven was praying for you, heaven was fighting on your behalf. 
back to my verse. Go back to my verse. The Bible says the angel of the Lord sat down. Now I want you to notice what happens next. And the angel of the Lord appeared. Now go back. Verse 11. Verse 11. The beginning. And the angel of the Lord sat down. Next verse. And the angel of the Lord appeared. That means, Bishop, there was a space and place of time. Where heaven did not seem to be moving. And heaven did not seem to be. He did not seem to be speaking. He did not seem to be answering prayer. But the angel was sitting under, under a tree. Scoping Gideon out. Scouting Gideon. Watching. I've come to tell somebody you're under surveillance. I said you're under surveillance. Heaven's watching you. He's been watching you through the tempest. He's been watching you through the burning. And he's been watching you through the valley. And he's watching to see what you will do or won't do. Stay with me for just a minute. Is this all right? Stay with me. The Bible says that the angel sat down and then the angel appeared. Oftentimes we think God is not present unless he is speaking. And what we don't realize is because when God starts to speak, we start, we start trying to cram our spirituality. God was watching you long before he ever spoke to you. Oh, you don't believe me. We got to have a little Bible study. Donnie, there's two things that run to and fro in your Bible. The devil and the eyes of the Lord. You know, there's only one devil. I think people forget because we are worshiping him like he's a trinity. We are worshiping him like there's 50 of them. There's only one devil. And he's not everywhere at one time. He doesn't know everything. There's only one devil. And so I don't want to blow your mind. I'm telling you, in case you didn't realize, I'm, I'm, I'm the smartest crayon in the pencil box. So I don't want to blow your mind. Some of you will get that later. If the devil is going to go somewhere, he has to go from here to there. He runs to and fro looking to wreak havoc and bring distraction and destroy. But the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord, they roam to and fro looking to recruit somebody that is right. I came to tell you before the devil ever got to you, God saw you. I'm going to say it again. God saw you before the devil ever got to you. God didn't have to go to you. God just took a, God just took a glance. It doesn't matter how hellish your home life. It doesn't matter if your daddy's in prison or your mom's a prostitute. The eyes of the Lord saw you and recruited you and called you before addiction, sin, and the devil got to you. Tell your neighbor again, I'm being watched. You're being watched. Now notice with me, I just got to preach this for just a minute. The angel of the Lord sat down. He appears. And Gideon is threshing wheat. Gideon has what the enemy thought he stole. <laughs> and the Bible says that he's threshing wheat by a wine press. 
Now, you don't thresh wheat by a wine press. You thresh wheat on a threshing floor. You press grapes on a wine press. So that means Gideon is out of place, just like some of us. And if not careful, we are going to wait for the right time and the right place. And until we're perfect, got it all together, and we think we're the right person. I don't want to mess up anybody's theology. Actually, I do. I do want to mess up your theology. You do not have to be the right person in the right place at the right time. Paul said, I was born out of due time. No, you didn't hear me. Paul said, I was born out of due time. He said, I came abnormally. I didn't come at the right season. I, I didn't. But if you got something that hell didn't get, you are a threat to hell. You don't need the pedigree. You don't need the job promotion. You don't need the money. You don't need the status. You don't need, if you've got a bundle of harvest. If you've got a bundle of souls, if you've got a bundle of prophecies that hell did not burn up, you are a liability. Now, Paul said, I was born out of due time. Um, David said, I am as a wonder unto many. He said, when I go to church, I make people go cray-cray. He said, they, they scratch their cranium. They can't figure me out. Did it ever occur to you that you're trying to make your life make too much sense? When God has the luxury not to have to make sense, he makes miracles. And the less sense that your life makes, the more glory he gets from the miracle. In case you haven't heard me, stop waiting for the right time and the right place. Stop waiting until you're perfectly the right person. You've got to snap out of paralysis of analysis. And you've got to step on to a wine press and say it does not make sense, but I'm going to believe anyway. And it does not make sense, but I'm going to fast anyway. I think I'll just thresh wheat by a wine press. And the heavenly liaison looks at him and says, you're getting ready to deliver your people out of the hand of the enemy. And you know what his response is? Hey, yo, sounds great, but I'm weak. He said, you don't know my tribe. You don't know my family. You don't know my age. And you know what he said? He, he didn't just say I'm, I'm weak. He said, I'm the weakest of the weak. Back and read it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you weak, bro. Girl, you weak. Weak enough to win. Did you hear me? Some of you are strong enough to lose. But there's others in this house, you're weak enough to win. It's not what you had that qualified you. It's what you lost that made you a candidate for the eyes of heaven. That burned up, but they still got that. That burned up, but they still got this. Hell got that. Hell got that. Hell got that. But hell did not get everything. I got to hurry. The Bible looked at him. He said, now you're going to be a commander. You're going to be a leader of an army. And all of a sudden now we find Gideon with a sword. I need my sword. Now, I wanted a big bad 
I mean, sword that could cut somebody, but they didn't trust in me. It's only my first Sunday. So uh, they gave me a wooden sword. Maybe I'll graduate to a real sword by, ne by, by next Sunday. But I'll make it work. Um, when you got a sword, you walk different. You, you, <laughs> when you got a sword, you talk different. You act different. You got swag when you got a sword. And the Bible says all of a sudden he's got a sword. Now what does he go do with it? Young people, hear me. The Bible says that he goes to his backyard and he tears down an idol. Now what's so significant to me is this. He didn't build it. But just because you didn't build it don't mean it's not your responsibility to tear it down. Daddy left that in the house, but you can still bring it down. Mama got rebellious, not me, but you can still bring it down. My brother's the one that became the, but you can still tear it down. Now you got to hear me for just a moment. Because the sad irony is that when he tore it down, his father went to defend him. His father let him tear it down. His father let him tear down what he didn't have the guts to tear down. He didn't stop him from tearing it down, but he didn't help him tear it down. You gotta be real aware. You gotta beware. You gotta beware. Spirits, human hellish, they're not, they're not against revival, they're just not for revival. They're not against the man of God. They're just not for the man of God. They're not against holiness. They're, not, they're just not for holiness. They're, they're not. Ooh, maybe I need to put my sword down. But the Bible said that Gideon's first breakthrough came in his backyard. It doesn't matter how powerful, prolific the presence of God is in this house. Doesn't matter how thick and tangible. If it does not make it to your house, it is not complete victory. And it is not complete, it is not complete breakthrough. But if you ever walk into your house and you start swinging a sword and you start to, come on, I'm preaching to a young person. You're old enough to tear down an idol. I'm preaching to a new convert. It don't matter if you've only been in this five weeks. You're old enough to tear down an idol. You don't, you don't know my home life. Can I just be real tonight? God is giving adults and parents opportunity to enlist in this army. But if you do not enlist, he is going to overlook you. And he is going to enlist your child. But I would to God that he could enlist the 12-year-old and the 40-year-old. I would to God he could enlist the 16-year-old and the 60-year-old. I would to God that a son could fight alongside daddy. And a daughter could fight alongside mama. Let me catch my breath. Sorry. Too much Chick-fil-A, not enough keto. Okay, I got it back. Watch. He goes to his backyard, and he tears down an idol. Now, some of you are not receiving this, so I'm going to say it again. It's the will of God 
for you to have revival in your backyard. Your backyard. See, a moment ago when pastor said, you, you, need to, you need to do this, you need to do that, you start looking around and say, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, she needs to do that. There's an idol somewhere in your backyard that you've got to tear down. And I'm commissioning a young person not to wait on an adult. You've got to take responsibility for your mind, for your sanity, for your peace, for your spirituality. Goliath asked for a man and God sent him a man. You are not a little girl. You are not a little boy. God has enlisted men and women of every age to be victorious on his behalf. Can I preach just a few more minutes? Watch. Now I asked somebody. I asked somebody. I was, I was trying to sneak some info. I said, how long does Bishop preach? I was doing a little reconnaissance. You know what they said? Until. That's a wise saying of God. I'm just going to preach until I feel a break. And I don't feel it yet. The Bible says now, after he leaves his backyard, he has been given an army. But the problem is, his army is strong enough to lose. So God says, I've got to weaken you. I've got to remove from you. See, in North American, uh, uh, in North American Christianity, we have assumed that all gain is godliness and all godliness is gain. You know, there's a man in the Bible who said, the Bible says he, his name was Jacob, and he, he wrestled. He wrestled with the angel. And the Bible says he limped away. And you know what we say? We say, God blessed him. God favored him. What took place? The sinew in the hollow of his thigh shrunk. God did not add to him. God subtracted from him. There is a revival in the subtraction. There is a revival in the removal. Got your intellect. Got your money. Got your pride. Got your individualism. Got this, got that. You're strong. Strong. Strong enough to lose. God said, send them home. Send them home. And so now there's, they still got some, and Gideon says, oh, the odds are against us, but I think we still got it. We're good in the hood. Let's, let's just stay right here. <laughs> please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God. And God says, no, fam, we're going we're gonna to subtract a little bit more. Send them home. And God weakened him, and God weakened him, and God weakened him until he was weak enough to win. And now he has been guaranteed victory. Watch. But the problem is, he does not believe it. So you know what God does in his grand majesty and mercy? He says, if you don't believe a word from heaven, I'll give you a word from hell. He said, I want you to take your buddy. I need a buddy. Um, can, can you be my buddy? Can you come be my buddy? Hurry, run, run, run. Run in the Hebrew means run. 
All right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to, oh, I forgot my sword. <laughs> hey, we're about, to tell, we're about to take a SEAL Team 6 ninja mission. And we're going, we're going, I mean, I believe God's going to give us victory, but I, I just want to go check things out. And so the Bible says that he takes his buddy and he goes to the outskirts of the camp and he begins to listen. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, hold my sword. Can you hear this? Can you hear this? In the middle of the night, don't kill me, bro. In the middle of the night, they hear a conversation. I want you to come to the organ. I'm not done. I just want them to think I'm almost done, okay? Go easy. The enemy awakes. And begins to wake somebody else up. And says, hey bro, you got to wake up. Hey, wake up, wake up, wake up. Wake up! Bro, go back to bed. Wake up! The Cheetos are over there. Wake up! Bro, it's been a long night. I'm telling you, you got to wake up, man. I just had a dream. Except it wasn't a dream. It was a nightmare. What'd you have a nightmare about? I had a nightmare about a piece of bread. Bro, go back to bed. I'm asking you politely, before I punch you in the throat, go back to bed. He said, no. You got to hear me. He said, I saw a piece of barley bread. And it tumbled down the valley. And it tumbled into our camp. And it didn't just smite us, it overturned us. And somehow I know that this is the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now it's a sad irony when the enemy has more discernment than we have. It's a sad irony when the enemy has more faith in what God is about to do than the people of God. You do know that the demons, they believe and they tremble. Demons are not atheists. Demons are not doubters. Demons believe and they tremble. They have a mental acknowledgement and they have a physical. So when the word of God goes forth, I mentally agree and I physically agree because I refuse to let a devil out-believe me. I'm almost done. Hear me. Hear me. Is this all right? The Bible says that the beginning of Gideon's story starts with him threshing wheat. He is threshing stalks of wheat, pieces of grain. But the enemy doesn't have a nightmare about stalks of wheat. The enemy doesn't have a nightmare about grain. The enemy has a nightmare about a piece of bread. I need all of y'all right there. Can y'all just help me real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. I need you scattered, scattered, scattered all over the platform. You're a piece of grain. 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 That's not what hell fears. That's not what hell is afraid of. How do you bake bread? 
Well, I don't really know all the nuances and details, but I know you got to get the pieces of grain together. And I know you got to put them in the mixing bowl. And I know you got to stir them up. Because hell does not fear something that's stagnant, something that's independent, something that's up. But it's when you come into the house of God and you said, I'm a little messy, I'm a little stirred, but I've come to unify anyway. I've come to agree with you. He took off his tie. I'm, I'm trying to get a little extra anointed. Oh, but they don't just get... No, there we go, there we go. They don't just get mixed up. The Bible says, well, not the Bible, the cooking Bible says, if you're going to make bread, you got to add some other ingredients. That means you're not just unifying with things that are like you. You got to just... You gotta unify with disagreement and you gotta unify with agitation and you gotta unify, you gotta get past your pettiness, you gotta get past church hurt, you gotta get past your opinion, and you gotta get in the mixing bowl and you all of a sudden there's a little bit more form. It's clumpy. Now it comes out and it's unified. But now you gotta press on it. And you gotta mold it. And you gotta. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. The reason you're being mixed up, the reason you're feeling stirred up, and the reason that you're feeling the pressure is because God is trying to make a nightmare out of you. God is trying to make a nightmare out of you. You've been too cute, you've been too satisfied, you've been too cold, but God says, I'm about to use you. I got a recipe for nightmare material. I use a little pressure and I use a little stirring and I use. And now after the stirring, and now after the mixing, and now at the pressure, now you gotta be ushered into the heat. Oh God. I feel fire. Oh God, I see flames. But if the ingredients are right, the fire will not destroy you. The fire will not burn you up. But you'll begin to rise. I said you'll begin to rise. Because when the recipe is right, you will not burn up. You will be refined. I need someone to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, somebody's getting revelation right now. You haven't been stirred up by accident. You haven't gone through the heat because you're losing out. God's trying to make a nightmare out of you. Somebody lift their voice for just a moment. 
Come on, somebody lift their voice for just a moment. I'm almost done. But the Lord's giving a revelation to a mama, a daddy, a parent right now. <laughs> what? What? I'm trying to help somebody tonight. I told you there's a spirit of victory in this room. Revelation. It's about to segue into victory. God's about to infuse somebody with faith tonight. Came in a little weary. Came in a little tired. You didn't realize you were weak enough to win. Can I tell you, everybody wants to be discovered. Nobody wants to be developed. But if you're going to be nightmare material, heaven's recipe is that you got to submit to the process. I said you got to, you can jump out and bail on the process, but you won't be a saint of God that hell fears. You won't be a prayer warrior that hell fears. You won't be a saint that hell. Now, I'm not arrogant enough to think that I have the attention of the devil. There's only one devil. I hate, to, I hate to mess with you, but some of you think it's the devil. It's probably a junior demon. Probably a rookie devil. But I'd like for it to get up the chain of command. He's been stirred up. He's felt the pressure. He's endured the heat. And now he's rising. Now, I, 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 I just sort of found my way into the kitchen when, when mom got to the end of the process of cooking. All that ADD done left when I could smell that bread wafting through the kitchen. And so I, I'd be sneaking into the kitchen and, and I realized that mom was waiting on a moment. You know what mom was waiting on? There would come a moment when the bread would become golden. And that was the moment that mom said, all right, it's had enough mixing and enough forming. And a I, remember, I remember there was a heathen king that said, Lo, did, did, we not, did we not throw in three? And they said, true, O king. But there is a truth that is greater than another truth. It can be true that you have cancer, but it can be truer that God healed you. It can be true that your daddy's an alcoholic, but it can be truer that he's about to be an apostolic. It can be true that you are going through financial ruin. True, O King, but I see a truth that's greater than this truth. I'm not ignorant of reality, but I see a greater reality. Ever, ever. Everybody says if you're going to be a man of faith Oh I went through it The skepticism, the analysis, the intellectualism you're just, You just got blind faith I actually don't I see reality I'm a realist, I'm very analytical by nature I see reality But I also see a higher reality Mary, the reality is that you're a virgin but the higher reality is that the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. Esther, the reality is you're a little too young. But the higher reality is...
you're in the kingdom for such a time as this. Gideon, you're weak, bro, but the higher reality is that you are weak enough to conquer. What? Here's the word. He said, I thought we threw in three. Lo, I see. Oh, nice. We did good math. One, two, three, four. Lo, I see four loose in the fire. Now, I got a confession. I have mispreached this all my life. I always said tonight you're going to get delivered. We're going to shout. We're going to dance. We're going to do cartwheels. We're going to roll on the floor. We're going to lose our ever-loving mind. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they were loose in the fire. God's not going to deliver you from the process. God's going to deliver you in the process. He's going to deliver you in the junk. He's they're going to still leave, but it's going to deliver you in it. You're going to still lose the job, but it's going to deliver you in it. You're going to still get the diagnosis of vision. It's still going to come, but you're going to get loose right in the middle. some weakness and I need some agitation and I need some stirring and I need some pressure and I need some heat why because my strength is made perfect my strength is made perfect my strength is made perfect my strength weakness is in the recipe my strength is I can't make strength out of strength I make strength out of weakness your weakness is not a liability your weakness is the ingredient of the recipe what the bible says it wasn't just bread Bible said it was barley bread. <laughs> barley bread was not bougie. Barley bread was commoner's bread. If you saw wheat bread on the street, you were supposed to pick it up. That's how valuable it was. Could not leave it in the street. If you saw barley bread, you kicked it to the side. But isn't it just like God? <laughs> not many wise, not many noble. I kind of like using the weak things of the world to conf I don't have to make sense. I make miracles. God said, I'm, somebody else called you cheap. Somebody else called you worthless. They said it would always be your story. I sold your family tree. I saw the cycles of dysfunction. I saw weakness. And I said, I can make a nightmare out of that. I can make a nightmare out of a new convert. I can make a nightmare out of a saint that's weary. I can make a nightmare out of somebody that's bloody and about to surrender. So Gideon gets his bro. It's all right. We're going to win. Fat bed. Yeah. You know what that means? I don't. 
I was buying a hat on Facebook Market. And I said, hey, man, can you get this hat to me by Monday? He said, bet. I said, hey, man, can I get this hat by Monday? He said, fat bet. I said, hey, man, I have no idea what you mean. Can I get my hat by Monday? He said, oh, that means for sure, for sure. So we about to see kingdom. We're about to see kingdoms come down. And we're about to see strongholds broken. And we're about to see the tent of the enemy overturned. Fat bet. I don't plan for the enemy to be stable after tonight. I don't expect for the enemy to live where it's always lived after tonight. I want the camp of the enemy to go crazy. I want it to lose all equilibrium. I want the enemy to lose all sanity. What? The adversary said, this is nothing but the sword of Gideon. Hear me tonight. If the enemy cannot defeat you, he will attempt to deceive you. He said, this is the sword of Gideon. But notice, Fura and Gideon, they got back to the enemy camp. They got back from the enemy camp. They got back with their allies. They got back, they got back with their weak bros and their weak friends and their weak army. And he said, all right, we're getting ready to surround the enemy. And we're going to go forward. And we're going to be united. We've been through the stirring. We've been through the heat. We've been through the fire. We've been through the pressing. And now the enemy's having nightmares about us. This is what we're going to do. Y'all, y'all get your hand on this sword. Y'all get your hand on this sword. Notice, notice, Gideon didn't say, yo, we about to surround the camp and say the sword of Gideon. That's what the enemy says. You cannot copy hell's vocabulary. If he can't defeat you, he'll try to deceive you. He said, when we come and when we circle the enemy's camp, we're going to shout the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. The sword of the Lord and of greater faith. This is the two words I've come to tell you tonight. Number one, God's not going to deliver you from the process. He's going to deliver you in the process. Number two, The last thing that the enemy heard before they died was simply this. Our hand is not the only hand on the sword. There's a, there's a human hand, but there's a heavenly hand. There's an earthly hand, but there's a divine hand. If you've ever got... I need you to gather in close, gather in close. I need you to gather in close. If you're not in the front, I need you to get to the front quickly, quickly, quickly. We're about to unify in one mind and one accord right now. Mm, my, my, my. Come on, people are coming. If you're in the front, squeeze in, squeeze in. There's people coming behind you right now. There's people coming in behind you right now. Come on, that's it. Squeeze in. We still got a little bit of room. We got a little bit of room. If you can't get to the front, I just want you to move. Move to the left, move to the right. You just can't stay where you are. 
if you, this is how you know you're fighting the wrong battle. Let go, let go. If your hand is the only hand on the sword, you fight in a petty battle. If your hand is the only hand on the sword, you're fighting a petty battle. If you ever find your hand on a sword that the Lord doesn't have his hand on, you're going to lose. You're going to be strong. But you're going to be strong enough to lose. But if you ever get human handprints and a divine handprint. See, some of you are a little weary right now. Last thing you want to hear is about a battle and a war. But the Bible says that when David came out of his valley, he was holding a sword that he did not walk in with. So I got a question. Who did the sword belong to? You need to hear me tonight when I tell you that God is going to use the enemy that meant to harm you to be the enemy that arms you. And the Bible said that one day David finds himself empty-handed and he says, I need to go get my sword. He goes to the priest and he says, you, you, you still got this? He said, I got that sword. He said, there's no other sword in the land like it. If you're going to have a sword that nobody else has, you're going to have to fight a battle that nobody else will. But I'm telling you, greater faith is about to get their hand. I only find that David and the priest were the only people that ever handled that sword. I just, some of you are going to think this is revival rhetoric. I just happen to think, I don't, I don't, I don't know all about you, I don't know everything, but I know there's some special stuff happening here. I just can't help but believe that God can place something in our hands that has never been handled before. It's called the Lord doing a new thing. What if God is so choosing this house to do something for which there is no pattern, no motif, no template, no reference? I want you to amen me with your mouth. I want you to amen me with your spirit. Because somebody's about to get their hands on something. I said somebody's about to get their hands on something. And you're not getting your hand on a You're not getting your hand on a on a sword all by yourself. Your, your hand is gonna be on the same sword as the Lord. I wonder if somebody lift up their hand right now. I wonder if somebody get their hands on something right now in the spirit. Come on, I need a mama to begin to pray right now. I'm done. But the Holy Ghost is giving an altar call right now. Somebody came in empty-handed, but the Lord's wanting to equip you. The Lord's wanting to arm you. The Lord is wanting to bless you. Some of you have been holding on to an old weapon for too long. The Lord's getting ready to equip you in a new fashion, in a new way, in a new form. I've come to serve notice to hell. I've come to serve notice on the enemy. It's the sword of the Lord and of greater faith. It's the sword of the Lord 
and this youth is the sword of the Lord. Come on, somebody pray until the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God until the pulling down of strongholds. Somebody pray until you feel something in your hand. Somebody pray until your spirit gets a grip on what the Lord. <laughs> Come on, I'm not asking you to run. I'm not asking you to leap. I'm just asking you to pray in the spirit right now. Come on, I'm asking you to get into alignment right now. Come on, get your hands off every weight. Get your hands off of every petty battle. Get your hands off of every pseudo weapon. And get your hand on the same sword as the Lord. musician to help me right now I need every singer to help me right now I need every Sunday school teacher to help me right now I need every sound every media person to help me right now I need every child come on Gideon come on Gideon somebody's about to tear down an idol somebody's about to be hell's worst nightmare come on I hear the sound of barley bread I hear the sound of somebody coming together it's all been a part of the process. Somebody's about to be nightmare material. Somebody's about to be a living, walking threat to hell. Now join with your brother, join with your sister right now. I want you to shift your prayers to somebody else. Come on, I want you to agree with somebody else. Come on, look around. Turn around. Agree with somebody right now. Agree with somebody right now. Intercede for somebody right now. Come on, 12-year-old. Come on, 15-year-old. Come on, 18-year-old. Come on, 35-year-old. Come on, 42-year-old. Come on, 57-year-old. Come on, 65-year-old. Come on, 80-year-old. Come on, 77-year-old. We're not going to follow the manner of some. We're not going to follow the manner of some. We're about to do all the more. We're about to do all the more. We're about to do all the more. Ah, there's a liberty about to hit this house. There's a victory about to hit this house. There's a strength. Somebody pull it down. Somebody pull it down. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down. Until the pulling down.
Come on, something's trying to break right now. I feel some resistance. Come on, somebody pray past the resistance. Somebody pray past the flesh. Somebody pray past the routine. Somebody pray past the buffeting. Come on, mama. You got a bundle of harvest. Hell didn't burn up. Come on, daddy. You got your hands on something. Hell didn't burn up. That's the envy led of the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, walk across the aisle. Walk across the altar. Agree with somebody right now. Somebody stretch your hands towards Chris and agree right now. Agree right now. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, don't check out yet. Don't bail yet. Don't look at the phone yet. Somebody's about to get a breakthrough. Don't pray unless, pray until. Don't pray unless, pray until. Somebody's getting their grip on something supernatural. Somebody's getting their hand back on the right sword. evil's about to be turned for good. Come on, the camp of the enemy is about to be overturned. The plans of the enemy is about to be overturned. Hey, there it is. There it is. Oh, I hear it right now. Somebody ought to let it out. Somebody ought to let it out. Teenagers, help me right now. Come on, preteens, help me right now. Come on, hyphen, come on, young adult. Help me right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. 